Whether you're buying a new car, a used car, or refinancing your current car, FedChoice Federal Credit Union could help save you money. FedChoice makes buying a car so easy that you can do everything right from your smartphone or on a computer. Become a member today and you can take advantage of their great rates and financing options. Find out more at FedChoice.org. That's FedChoice.org. Membership open to federal employees, including contractors and their families. FedChoice Federal Credit Union, insured by NCUA. Gone, absent, away, lost, disappeared, astray, removed, unaccounted for. There are many words you can use when someone is missing, but which one accurately describes what happened to Terrence Woods? The 27-year-old world-traveling video and film producer never came home from his last shoot in the Idaho wilderness. And so many questions surround the odd circumstances, like did he really just run down a cliff and vanish without a trace? The story sounds incredible. Almost every person I talked to said they didn't believe it at first, including a source I developed at the sheriff's office, who told me when the 911 call came in, all the workers in the call center listened in over the speaker because they thought it was fake and sounded scripted. Here again is the transcript of the first report. Quote, advised that a male, Terrence Woods, 27, from London, works for a TV company who is creating a movie in the area of Penman Mine. Never been in the woods, period. Terrence has been having a really hard time emotionally and had a mental breakdown earlier today. Advised that the subject was with the crew and then just took off, he ran down a steep embankment and then headed towards a creek and off into the wilderness, period. The crew chased him for about 80 yards, comma, yelling for him to come back, comma, before they stopped and returned to the mine, period, end quote. The details are challenging to comprehend. How could someone really run away like that? Why and where did he go? We've heard from Terrence's friends and family who have a lot of skepticism. Because there's no reason that I would speak to him. A couple hours later, you text him saying you're coming home. And a few minutes after that, the company said you disappeared. Because you still believe, right? He's coming home. Someone have him for some reason, and they're going to release him. He's going to come home. Yeah. He's going to come home. And then there's the sheriff, who is sure Terrence ran off, but thinks he's long gone from the area. Here's the easiest story, is he got out, he kept going as fast as he could go, and he got out ahead of the guys that were there, and so their search came in behind him, always behind him, and he was going, 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 and he caught a ride, and he took off, and he's gone, he doesn't want to be found. And he doesn't want to be with his family, um, he wants to be wherever. And, you know, we hope someday he shows up, but so far he hasn't. Sheriff Giddings also told us that there's no evidence Terrence actually had a mental breakdown. The detective wrote to Terrence's mom that the initial 911 call may have been embellished to let searchers know Terrence wasn't responding. Up to this point, though, I haven't been able to find anyone who was an eyewitness. We've been waiting for the Discovery Channel program to air, hoping to see video that might help us understand the terrain and to confirm that Terrence was indeed part of that Lost Minds program shoot. But I do have more angles to try. I call around to search dog groups, thinking someone might know who helped in the search or who rented ATVs to the film crew. Oh, hi, my name is Melanie Alnwick and I'm a reporter um, for the Fox station in Washington, D.C. 
So were, were you involved at all in the search for him? Because I'm trying to kind of get a sense of what that search was like. Okay. Yeah, strange. The woman I spoke to said she'll ask around for me. Terrence's mother feels that just hearing from a local witness, like this woman, Cherie, would help her understanding. Sheriff Giddings told me that Terrence was telling Cherie, quote, interesting stories about him and his family, about his internal conflicts, and that's part of the reason investigators assumed he wanted to disappear. If you could talk to her and she said, yeah, I saw the same thing, mm -hmm. would that make you feel any better? I mean, it, it would, it, it would, it would most definitely have some comfort there, but, you know, yeah. I mean, I still have tons of questions, but yeah. I go back to my list of names from the Sheriff's Department call log. All right, let's try the other one. Eventually, I connect with an officer with one of the federal agencies in the area who came into the search Sunday after Terrence had been missing nearly two days. The officer is an experienced tracker, well-versed in the Idaho wilderness. While we're on the phone, I pull up Penman Mine on Google Maps. We flip to satellite view, then click in closer and closer. It's hard to make out anything past the dark trees, green splotches and sharp hash marks covering the screen. The officer tells me the forest floor is thick with deadfall, lodgepole and Douglas fir that have toppled down on each other year upon year. He too is surprised that Terrence would have made it out of here, describing the terrain like trying to run through giant pickup sticks, some parts so dense with deadfall that your feet wouldn't even touch the ground. Back on map view, I can see a road that switches back and forth as it winds up the mountain, almost making the outline of a large bird with its wings outstretched. It's called Orogran Dixie Road. This is the area I'm told that was searched intensively for a week, and it's the only way in or out. The officer reinforces what the sheriff has told me, that if Terrence had fallen or injured himself in here, the tracker teams and dogs would have found him. When we started out on this story, trying to help Terrence's father and mother get more information about and attention to their son's disappearance, our number one goal was to try to interview someone who was actually there, because it all seems so bewildering. Now, I won't tell you how I did it, except to say that those Idaho communities are very small. Hello. Hi, Benny. It's Melanie. I found Benny. The man who was in the picture posted on Instagram by Nathan Morris, a member of the Lost Minds production crew. Benny confirmed that it was him in the photo, and I couldn't believe what he told me next. Well, Nogland door got there, and they said they had a guy that uh, was lost. Benny York and his wife Marianne own the first cabin the production crew came upon after they left the Penman Mine site and went for help. When they came to the door, and it's like, you know, um, do you have a phone? Uh, no, um, but I have Wi-Fi, and yes, I can get it fired up. Uh, it's going to take a few minutes, and it's like, we got to get it done now, <laughs> you know. So it, it was uh, a little bit of excitement in my cabin. <laughs> Marianne and Benny told me that they took the crew up to another cabin, one that had an upgraded Wi-Fi phone. That's where the 911 call came in from. It was 6.40 p.m. So I took my hand and got... Got my buddy Tom, he's four-wheeler, 
and it's snowing like heck, and uh, we took off and went up there. It's about an hour ride up there, about 6,500 feet high, and we're up there, and uh, they said he, he wouldn't answer them, and, but we hollered and talked and flashlights and stuff like that. Though Benny is 80 years old, a retired military deep sea diver, he didn't hesitate to head up the mountain. He knew time was critical. He's got no wood scales, no food, no nothing. He didn't have a good coat on. And it was wet, rainy and snowy and cold. He got down to, I think it was 30 that night. Then the next day it was 28. And, and it never dried out. He never dried out. He'd have got hypothermia right away. Mm -hmm. He don't know how to crawl up under a big tree and get a fire going. And, you know, right. if he ain't got survival skills, I mean, that's it. You know, I can see where you can die up there in 24 hours. And it's cold and wet. We kept the normal conversation going. and. Kind of, you know, loud voices. Boy, the coffee's sure hot up here. Come on up and have a cup of coffee, stuff like that, you know. Right. So, um, trying to keep it casual. Yeah, I was going to be trying to keep it casual. He'd hear a voice, maybe get curious and walk on up. But we hung around up there until, well, we were shaking. So mm -hmm. about 1 o'clock in the morning, we headed back out and went to bed. And then the next day, the dogs come in, and we went up with them and just... Helped them what we could and then on and so forth. Dogs were going all over the country. And my wife just talked to one of the dog guys a couple of days ago. And uh, he said, well, the dogs seemed like they hit it. And, but he says, and then they was gone. Just like they plucked him out of the air mm -hmm. or something. Or like he was over, like one time they, one of them thought he was on it. And then he went off, got over to the side of a little dirt road. And he was gone, like somebody drove by and picked him up. That again is one of the theories in the sheriff's department. After crew members brought some of Terrence's clothing from his hotel room for the search dogs to smell, the canine tracker teams did keep returning to the same spot in the road. Searchers also marked an area of ground near the road that looked like someone had slid on it. Benny says no. Well, I know first, there's no way in this country except by me. And there was nobody up there. And uh, the old, and I was up there all that night, and, and I sleep in the tent. My wife sleeps in the cabin. <laughs> I like the tent. I feel like it's too cold. Me and my dog. Okay. So as I sleep, it's nice. It's got carpet in it. But anyway, I sleep in the tent. Anybody goes by, I hear them. So there was nobody up there. And also we had uh, a little bit of light snow on the ground, no tracks. So I know nobody picked him up. I know that did not happen. Uh, there's just no way. He tells me the crew seemed very nice, and they showed him a picture of Terrence. Forked the picture of him standing by the plane, and that was the first picture I seen of him. Okay. And you know, I said, you know, the good-looking kid and all that. And he, yeah. He was hired at what we call kind of a gopher, you know. He yeah. was helping the camera crews and stuff like that. That's what they told you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I was but trying. He, to... he was nice. He was quiet. He was. He, he was a well-behaved kid, or young man, I should say. I think helping, like carrying the cameras and doing stuff like that, I guess he had some experience. He was trying to move up into something, mm -hmm. you know. But uh, I think they're all like, kind of like a freelance camera crew type thing, and they go out and they do things, you know, like some gold, the gold shows you see up in Alaska and Yukon. Mm -hmm. uh, in, fact, in fact, one of the guys was in those shows. I know him. Dave? I can't remember his name. Huh? Dave? Yeah, Dave. As soon as I seen Dave, I knew who he was. 
And he said, well, there's a ribbon where he jumped over the side. There's a what? Uh, a ribbon. A red ribbon, what they tied off. They see, they had some survey ribbon with them for raisins, whatever. Okay. Okay, but they tied a ribbon on the upside of the road, and I uh, said, when you find the ribbon, that's where he went over. So when my buddy and I went up there, we went and found the ribbon, and started hollering and driving up and down the road, different places, and and, uh, and just in case he had to walk back up, we were looking for tracks on the mm -hmm. road, such as fresh snow. But, but but there was no tracks. So doesn't that seem strange to you? Everything felt strange. The whole thing was strange. And we all, all of us locals all talked about it. Nothing was right. We were trying to come up with ulterior motives and reasons why, because nothing seemed right. But, but what happened was this couple that lives up here in a town not far away, they rent these four-wheelers and side-by-side, they're local people, mm -hmm. and they were there, and she's the one that, they, that he asked where he could go to the bathroom at. He's talking here about Cherie, the woman who Terrence last spoke to. And she said, he was right there, Benny. The next day, he went up, and we all went together, and said he just jumped off and run down that hill, and uh, and just flew down there. And, and I said, was he yelling? And I can't remember what they said, but I don't think he was. He just, like, jumped off and took off, you know, like something possessed him. So I, I have no idea. But because those people were there, and they're local, I know who they are, and I think everything was as they said. Now, if, it, if they wouldn't have been there, I'd have thought something was fishy. Especially because, to Benny, it seemed impossible that someone could run that fast down the canyon without falling. And, uh, you know, I'll tell you what, for me to... Well, that canyon is about three-quarter mile long in a straight line that only hits the bottom, and you can't see in that. That timber is thick, 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 and down timber and brush. Now, this where he went over at is probably a 70-degree angle. It's really steep. Okay. All, all that country up there is extremely steep. And that's not how you can run down the mountain. You can roll down the mountain. Benny says he'd seen a cougar prowling in the area. Even after the search was called off, he kept going back, looking for tracks and something else. And if he's on the ground, you'd have seen birds. Mm-hmm. Even in the snow? Oh, yeah. It don't matter that, that, that cougar or bear kills a deer or elk or a hunter does. Within, within days, they're on it. I don't care if it's in the timber. And, you know, like, I went up every, almost every day, drove up there, and the weather turned nice and sunny later and all that kind of stuff. And if I seen birds, I was going to mark it and had to head in there. We never seen that. There's no birds. There's nobody. The mystery has never left his mind. He's had time to think. Me and my buddies. Yeah. And a lot, a lot of guys that are know that area real well, like me. And we got an idea what's happened. Okay. And, uh, but it, but it may not be what his folks want to hear. And I think he went down one of them vent holes. Vent holes. The federal officer mentioned those to me, too. He called them adits, ventilation shafts from the underground mine to the surface created to allow air to circulate. There's a large one near the top of Penman Mine. I found video of it on YouTube, posted by a local guy who does videos of Idaho's gold prospecting history. Here's an old mining structure from years ago, back in the early 1900s. See this fence they have around it, the Forest Service put around it. This is an old shaft 
and it's it's pretty deep pretty pretty deep shaft a lot of these guys came up years and years ago and uh, get you a picture of that down in there but that's deep that's about oh 40 feet deep or more so I'm glad they put a fence up or somebody just walk right into it. This one is well marked and surrounded by orange fencing, and I'm told it was checked over by the tracker dogs. But Benny says there are more, a lot more, that people don't know about. They don't know the history of my, my, my mind. Here's the thing. Okay, these guys are 40, 35, 45 years old most of them. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm 80. My family has been in there for 120 years, actually longer than that. we got two big ranches up there. So these old mines run back, and their uncles were telling me about it. And anyway, he'd tell me how they did it. Because they're going up underground. And then when they're getting where they can't get good air, the candles start to flicker because they're not getting oxygen. Then they make a shaft straight up till they break through. Once they get through, they got a draft either going up or down continuously. So they got fresh air coming in. And they just kept putting these out there. And back in those days, nobody cared or worried about it. And then the mine closed, and they're forgotten. And they got holes like that all over that country up in there where they mined at. Mm. So a person has to be careful when you walk around up there, because if it's closed over with brush and you walk on it, you're going down. Benny vows to keep going back, looking for any sign that Terrence might still be there. I want a gold mine, my way and on my terms. Veteran miner Dave Turin is an expert gold hunter. The show, Lost Minds with Dave Turin, hits the Discovery Go app. This is a series of backstories before the main production airs on cable. I scan through the episodes, but something is missing. I show it to my co-workers, photographer Ronnie McRae and reporter Anjali Hemphill. So what I wanted to show you guys is what we've been waiting for. Mm. The show is out. <gasps> Wow. wow. Oh, wow. So here you can see all the episodes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Dave Turns Lost Mine. Arizona. Mm -hmm. Montana. Montana. Okay. There's Nevada. Mm -hmm. Yukon. Oh. What's missing? Oh, wow. Idaho. Right. They cut it out. I wonder why. I remember that Terrence's mother said he was in Montana first. I click on that episode. The images give us chills. Okay, look. Yeah, lad, that's shot. Look. Wow. Yeah. Can you turn it that way? Yeah. Yep. Oh, man, that mm -hmm. is it. Mm -hmm. Wow. It's creepy. That's very creepy. Mm. There's the long stretch of highway looking out over the hood of Dave Turin's white truck. The same exact angle from the photo Terrence posted on Instagram titled simply Montana. Then the faded dusty ghost town, the white clapboard Mason Lodge, the old brick hotel and split log saloon, all pictures that Terrence had texted his mom. He was there, right there. Looking at them again, side by side, the texted photos and the Discovery Channel video, it's as if you can feel Terrence's presence. Over 150 years they've been mining here. In the videos from the Lost Mines show, I notice something else, but I have to keep going back again and again to check. 
In the opening sequence of the preview episodes, there are shots of Dave Turin walking in snowy mountains and talking to a guy in a white-knit cap with a beard. There are also shots of him in a cave. No other episodes feature these same shots. There was snow on the ground in Idaho and high elevation. Could these be clips from the Idaho shoot? I'd love to be able to ask members of the crew why the Idaho episode didn't air. If you're doing this show, and this is a quote-unquote reality show, why not, like, talk about that episode? Yeah. And we had something um, really disturbing, and, and it, it broke our hearts of what happened when we were out here. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Why not include that? Greed. Unless there's a reason why they're being told not to say anything right. about it. Mm-hmm. Keep it quiet. Mm-hmm. It sounds like very directed in a way, but the fact that they're just like it never happened. I reach out to those I know of again. Dave Turin replied to my message saying, quote, very sad for the family, but that he won't be giving any interviews. A Raw TV publicist did finally respond to my email request. After a lot of back and forth, I was permitted to use this statement in our podcast. Quote, Mr. Woods was a well-liked, valued member of the production team, and we have worked closely with the sheriff's office who led the search. Mr. Woods' family were in direct contact with the sheriff's office, who have acknowledged that we did all we were able to do to help and went well beyond any reasonable expectation in the search. Terrence's disappearance has been a traumatic experience for the Woods family and everyone who worked with him to deal with. For that reason, and out of respect for all parties, we did not feel it was appropriate to show the Idaho episode. End quote. Three seasons have passed now. Everything that had been frozen under several feet of snow has come back to life. But the sun's light and summer thaw bring no comfort to Terrence and Valerie Woods. For them, it will always be an emotional winter until they find their son. If I, if I don't got a phone call and they said something happened to my son and I had to go get him and bring him home and bury him, I can grow to deal with that, you know? At least I know I brought my son home and the family we see, we know what we're dealing with. But right now, every day, you know, I don't know if my son is being tortured. I don't know if my son is in pain. I don't know. You know? So that's the hard part. At least if we would have brought him home, we would have had to deal with it and take it from there. What keeps you up at night? That he's not here. Here. At night, at day. That he's not here. They said that he wanted to run off, and Terrence would call me. If not every day, it was every other day. And we would never go weeks or even months without talking. And he would just call and just, he I used to always get on him because I said, you know, he'll get bored. And I said, you know, you're not going to use me for your entertainment. I'm not your entertainment piece. So he would call me and I would just say little things to make him laugh. I would just say little things to make them laugh and stuff that I knew that, you know, the kids like to joke with me and, you know, and we just laugh and, and, and I just say and do little stupid stuff to make them laugh. 
Sheriff Giddings tells me there are no plans to go back out and search, but adds that many people are coming back to Idaho's mountains and rivers for recreation, and if Terrence is still there, someone will find him eventually. For now, Terrence's name remains in the NCIC database as a missing person, and his mother tries to remain hopeful. I just want them to know that he is such a good person, he has such a kind heart, and that we just want him to come home, we want him to be safe. I just can't believe that this is what our family is going through right now. He is loved so much. Thank you for listening to this podcast, part of the Missing Pieces series produced by Fox 5 in Washington, D.C. Many, many people took time to help us in our search for information, and we are so appreciative of that. We are especially grateful to the family and friends of Terrence Woods for sharing their stories with us and hopeful that one day they will get the answers they so desperately need. The story was supposed to end here, but it doesn't. It says Terrence has left the group. And she was like, how is that even possible? Odd things have happened to Terrence's social media accounts that may make you question everything. And the one interview we'd been seeking all along is about to come out. Because he was getting something out of the truck. I don't know what it was. And then he turned around to me and he looked at me really weird like, what? Like, what did you just say? We'll finally hear from the very last person to speak to Terrence when Into the Woods concludes. 